0: Fomi was spying on Trump. The reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaign. Oh, wait. Unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us. Uh, A lot to talk about this week. The targeting, the abuse of President Trump and his team continue under the corrupt Biden Justice Department. Uh, Some breaking and developing news to talk to you about that. Uh, Plus, Judicial Watch is smoking on information about government censorship in alliance with big tech targeting Judicial Watch and me. And on top of that, we have a big hearing next week on whether or not tax dollars in the state of Maryland can go to illegal aliens. So it's just uh, one blow against the rule of law after the other uh, in in, uh, Washington, D.C. and elsewhere these days. Uh, First up is the news this week, the breaking news that the uh, corrupted FBI, uh, run obviously by the corrupted Justice Department, uh, raided the home at 6.30 a.m. of Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who had served as a lawyer for the president of the United States. He's a former U.S. attorney, former senior Justice Department official. Similarly, they also raided the home of Victoria Tenzin who is a well-known lawyer, friend of ours. Uh, She is married to Joe DiGenova. You've probably seen them on TV. Uh, Well-known figures in being critics of Joe Biden and Obamagate and Obama and the abuses of the Justice Department. Uh, Allegedly, the subpoena that was being issued uh, that resulted in FBI agents um, uh, busting in on Rudy Giuliani was something about um, the investigation, was something about a Foreign Agents Registration Act violation. Now, uh, the theory is, and this is what it's about, that uh, as as I can tell, based on all the reporting on this, which of course you can't trust, given a lot of it is related to illegal linking, is that uh, Rudy Giuliani, who was investigating corruption of Joe Biden, was dealing with Ukrainians. So the thinking is, well, the Ukrainians were using Rudy Giuliani to get something done. Therefore, he was a foreign agent. So let me just say this. The Foreign Agent Registration Act is rarely used to prosecute anyone. It's usually a civil issue an administrative issue. Hey, you're representing this foreign agent, this foreign foreign, um, government, or someone tied to a foreign government, and you need to register. So register. And it had been rarely prosecuted up until uh, the Mueller gang came into town, where they started to use it to target uh, people like General Flynn and uh, who else? Uh, and Paul Manafort. It's kind of like the Logan Act, you know, kind of a, 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 unlike the Logan Act. I don't know if it was inherently, it's not inherently unconstitutional, it looks like in some respects. Uh, but the Logan Act obviously had never been prosecuted, but didn't stop. Uh, Practically speaking, it didn't stop uh, the Obama administration from using it as a pretext to spy and target uh, General Flynn. So here we have Rudy Giuliani, who single-handedly exposed so much of the Biden corruption we know about. He was the one who exposed the Hunter Biden laptop. And they can't even, they have almost immediately, they come into power, the Biden gang, and they immediately target Rudy Giuliani. They retaliate and raid a politi- uh, raid the apartment, the home of political opponents of Joe Biden, pretending that their work to expose government corruption is illegal. So they're trying to put him in the jail, right? They're p- trying to put Rudy Giuliani in the jail. Let's be clear, Victoria Tensing too. Who knows what's going on with her? Over, specifically, his communications, it looks like, and activities to expose Biden corruption. This is third world. It shows you just how corrupted the Justice Department is. It shows you how corrupted, unfortunately, our federal court system is, that they would even approve warrants like this. He was a lawyer for the President of the United States. The Justice Department is always, or had been, prior to Trump, very careful about going after lawyers. Who are in the midst of representing someone. That was thrown out the window when after went after Trump's lawyer, Cohen. And it's been thrown out the window going after Rudy Giuliani. And not only that, uh, not only is the president's Sixth Amendment rights being attacked here, of course it's all about going after Trump ultimately. I mean I guess the uh, my guess would be is that the the wish is that uh, Rudy Giuliani would flip on President Trump, right? But when you go in and you get documents from uh, someone's lawyer, inherently attorney-client material and privilege material is highlighted there. Same goes for Victoria Tenzel, former top senior Justice Department official. I think she still has a national security clearance. But this this is the Justice Department. This is the FBI. Rudy Giuliani was on TV this week and uh, reacting quite strongly as he should to this outrage, this abuse of power. And he noted that they didn't want to take, even though the subpoena arguably called for it, given it was a calling for electronic devices, they didn't want Hunter's laptop that was there. He had the hard drives there. And as Rudy pointed out, that the material that they took has more evidence of Hunter Biden crimes. Crimes, including failure to register as a foreign agent. Crimes that could even potentially apply to Joe Biden. Now, you may recall, I've been virtually alone here highlighting the terrible corruption and rule of law crisis caused by the fact that the Justice Department, though required by its own regulations to appoint a special counsel, given the conflict of interest, has yet to appoint a special counsel into the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scheme. And instead, they target Rudy Giuliani. It's terrible, terrible corruption. Have you seen any Republicans yell about it? Bill Barker, have crossed the street, and we knew how careful he was without, getting, without people calling for him to be impeached or resign and what have you. Here, Garland authorizes on really unusual and radical steps to target Donald Trump and his lawyer. And besides that, Rudy Giuliani was an emissary for Donald Trump in foreign foreign matters. He communicated with Donald Trump on matters that would be covered, in my view, by executive privilege. So they're attacking the presidency of Donald Trump and his rights as president of the United States to get advice and counsel and conduct foreign affairs. The rule of law doesn't, I want to warn you, the rule of law doesn't apply to you if you're seen to be on the side of Donald Trump, or seen to be a conservative or seen to be a supporter of Donald Trump, or in the case of Rudy Giuliani and and, and, um, our friend Victoria Tenzing, someone who's questioned the Justice Department. In the meantime, John Durham's done nothing. At least the best I can tell, practically speaking. They've been sitting on Hunter Biden's investigation. They sat on it for two years at least and did nothing. Joe Biden's been directly implicated in some of this criminality by uh, Hunter Biden. That's now officially under investigation. And they're harassing. Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani, and President Trump. So this is a dangerous time uh, for our country. I mean, we also have uh, other abuses by the Justice Department. They're targeting police departments, trying to take over police departments through consent decrees, or at least that's the plan, it looks like. They're refusing to enforce the rule of law on immigration, putting the nation at risk and your personal safety at risk? Targeting people based on their political beliefs? When there are people in jail tied to the Capitol Sixth, Capitol Hill January 6th disturbance who are, it looks like they're in jail, not because of anything specifically they did on January 6th, it doesn't mean they're not being charged or something, but because of their views, their views, their First Amendment protected views. So Judicial Watch has several lawsuits about the Biden corruption. And I just find it very interesting that Joe Biden and his Justice Department want to relitigate his involvement in the Ukrainian sc- scandal. We're still into it. We exposed how the Obama State Department was worried about what Joe Biden was up to and how it was causing problems for them. And the compromised situation our government was put in as a result of. Hunter being on the board of Burisma, a corrupt company, while his father was, quote, combating corruption in Ukraine. We found documents that the Russians were trolling him. And, and our State Department, that's their words, not ours. That's the documents. And they're raiding the home of Rudy Giuliani. Did Joe Biden's home get raided? Because of Hunter and the, the fact that he'd been implicated? Of course not. Of course not. He's president now. He won't get raided at all. And of course, President Trump is a likely candidate for president. And So now they're attacking a candidate, practically speaking. His likely opponent in 2024, they're trying to put in jail. And we're told to worry about Putin. I fear for our freedoms based on what the Justice Department and the FBI and other corrupt government agencies do, more so than I fear for our freedom as a result from any foreign threat abroad. Because there you have it. So we're going to keep on this. We've got Freedom of Information Act requests already out on what they did to Giuliani, because Congress isn't going to look into this. Justice Department. Is a law unto itself. And the only thing that keeps them any modicum of accountability are the courts. I can't believe the courts signed off on these warrants. I just can't believe it. Didn't they sniff or smell or something up? I mean, the same court system that wouldn't let Judicial Watch ask Hillary Clinton a direct question about her email misconduct happily signs off on these crazy warrants against Rudy and, and Victoria. But of course, of course, this is going to happen because no one who was involved in the terrible abuses of President Trump and people around him, including Biden, including Obama, including Hillary Clinton, Comey, all the rest, none of them have faced any significant criminal liability as a result. They haven't even been asked questions in the case of Biden, Obama, and Clinton on these issues. But sure enough, they're all back doing what they did once again so we're going to speak the truth on it cuz you won't hear much about this in the major media they they kind of they think the law doesn't apply to Donald Trump and the constitution doesn't apply to people like you Now, we're going to investigate and continue to litigate because we think our republic is at stake. So, and you think it can't get any worse, but it does. I've always suspected, if you've been following me here at all, that uh, when it came to big tech censorship, it wasn't just big tech involved in the conspiracy against conservatives to, destroy, to suppress and censor them. I've jokingly said that it was just too big and too egregious to involve the private sector. The government somehow had to be involved. And sure enough, Judicial Watch has obtained documents from the California Secretary of State's office confirming that that public, those public officials, government officials pressured Big Tech to take down post by Americans about the elections. Specifically, they successfully pressured YouTube to take down a post that I created, one of my weekly updates, about the elections. They received about 545 pages of records, as I said, that show how state officials pressured these social media companies to censor posts about the 2020 election. Included in these documents, it didn't just involve the government and big tech, it also involved the Biden campaign's front operation. Because the documents turned over to us included misinformation briefings that were compiled by a communications firm called SKDK, that list Biden for president as one of their top clients. So there were it was the Biden campaign firm. Now, we asked for the records and got them. We didn't even have to sue for them. I, the, the agency was kind of proud of their work here, which is, which is kind of disturbing. We asked for these types of records because we saw that there was a report on it. And the report, conf- the report enough is enough, in my view, to warrant serious investigation. There was a company, there was an uh, organization called Matters in December that reported the Office of Election Cybersecurity in the California Secretary of State's office monitored and tracked social media posts, decided if they were misinformation, stored the post in an internal database coded by threat level and on 31 different occasions, requested posts be removed. In 24 cases, the social media companies agreed and either took down the posts or flagged them as misinformation, according to Jenna Dresner, Senior Public Information Officer for the Office of Election Cybersecurity, again, a government office. We don't take down posts. That's not our role to play. We alert potential sources of misinformation to the social media companies, and we let them make the call based on community standards they created, which, of course, is a big cop out. They were getting post censored. The government has no business telling private companies that there's information that they should take down under their own analysis. What businesses are theirs? I mean, it's one thing if there's a post they think is wrong and someone says, hey, someone's saying this. What's your response, government official? It's quite another thing for a government official to monitor what you're doing online and then going to a social media company and pressuring them to take it down. That's a violation of your constitutional rights under the First Amendment, to put it mildly. And of course, I was targeted, Judicial Watch was targeted, and therefore you were targeted because they're denying you your right to access information about the election. They specifically quoted, uh, listed a video. We got a chart of the material that they were targeting. And I was on the chart, Judicial Watch was on the chart. And it falsely alleged, head of conservative group Judicial Watch, me, posts video alleging Democrats benefit from incorrect voter rolls and ballot collection. Well, I didn't say that. In fact, on the video they reference, I complained and worried that Biden voters would have their votes not counted as a result of the screw-ups related to mail-in balloting that I was concerned about. The Secretary of State's office details its communications with YouTube. We wanted to flag this YouTube video because it misleads community members about elections or other civic processes and misrepresents the safety and security of mail-in ballots. We didn't do any of that. So that's a lie. The censorship's bad enough, but lying about what they're doing is even more egregious. The chart quotes me, describing Judicial Watch's statement about its federal lawsuit settlement with Los Angeles County that require it to clean up voter rolls. So we were also litigants. We sued successfully the state of California and Los Angeles County in the sense that we settled the case And they agreed, Los Angeles County, to clean up up to 1.6 million names on the rolls. I highlighted that in the video, and they targeted me because of it, because I don't like the criticism. That's the way I interpret it. And I also talked about how there was a ruling, a state court ruling, that changed the rules on ballot deadlines and ballot harvesting in a way that I thought was improper. Sure enough, an appellate court overturned the ruling that I was complaining about. They contacted the video, they contacted YouTube on September 24th, and YouTube responded, it looks like, by deleting the video on September 27th, 2020, a little over a month before the election. Now the video is available on um, on our website. We're going to put a link to it below. And you'll, I want you to watch the video, A, because YouTube doesn't want you to watch it, and B, because the government doesn't want you to watch it, and C, it's important you watch it and get it out to as many people as possible for reasons A and B. It's a great video. And I—you know I say that because I'm not because I'm in it, but <laughs> because I really go through a lot of the issues that turned out to be correct in terms of things I was worried about with the election. And I was accurate. I've been running Judicial Watch for years now. I've been here since 1998, so Twenty, twenty-three 23 years, 23 years. I know what I'm doing, and I know what I can and can't say, and I know when I have to be accurate, which is all the time when I'm making public statements. I'm careful. So when I'm censored, it is such an egregious violation of fairness and, frankly, my rights, and judicial watch's rights, I know what I'm doing. And we know what we're doing, we put material out there. We're careful because we know we're under scrutiny. We know there's a target on our back from our enemies on the left, and in government, and in the media. And I don't mean just Democrats, I mean Democrats and Republicans they don't like criticism from independent watchdog groups like Judicial Watch. So we have a government agency working with government officials and with big tech to take down a critic of the government. And of course the Biden campaign targeted me too uh, because it was misinformation after uh, President Trump, and this is what they specifically highlighted, because President Trump at the time tweeted out my comment mailing 51 million ballots to those who haven't asked for them increases risk of voter fraud and voter intimidation. Is that controversial? But the government sucked all that up. And you know, I I'm a big guy, right? I, I know that I'm under targeted. But when you look at this list of others who were targeted, they were targeting, as I said on a radio show the other day, little old ladies from Pasadena, with all due respect. I don't mean to say anyone's old or a lady or whatever. Look, they were targeting regular Americans as well. And they knew what they were doing was a problem. They knew they were worried about it because there was this reporter. The reporter actually ended up writing the story here. And the official in the agency said, I am not necessarily comfortable with these lines of questions and the additional doors that this will open. Because he was asking, Why, what, how are you censoring these people? What, what are you doing here? It shows they were working with Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And it shows other states were involved in this effort to suppress, quote, misinformation. So the next time you worry about the media being, uh, you being censored online, don't blame the big tech media companies just by themselves. You should be worried that the government's behind this. I mean, we kind of see this with the COVID suppression, and the COVID censorship. Where people are being censored, uh, their opinions are being censored. Factual information they're putting out there is being censored because it's at odds with the narratives being put out by unnamed government officials, or even worse, WHO, which is some transnational group that has little credibility because it's uh, because of it's kowtowing the China. So there's hundreds of documents, so you can go and read them. But I, I, I put out the big stuff, and more is coming. We have only more documents from California, but we have another, more documents from another state coming out next week. So it's not just California, and it isn't just Democrats. Let me just tell you that. So one of the big lies, as I highlighted in my statement, these new documents suggest a conspiracy against the First Amendment, the First Amendment Rights of Americans by the California Secretary of State, the Biden campaign operation, and Big Tech. These documents blow up the big lie that Big Tech censorship is private, as the documents show collusion between a whole group of government officials in multiple states that suppress speech about election controversies. So the defenders of Big Tech have said, well, you know, they're private companies. They can do whatever they want in terms of moderating content, Censoring speech they can do it for whatever reason or no reason at all well besides the legal that being a legally questionable analysis it's now literally not true they were doing it at the behest of government officials and that raises significant constitutional concerns and liabilities that we are looking at very carefully if you know what i mean I could go on and on about it, but uh, this, this really is a big find. And I encourage you to educate yourself about it and get the word out. And this is, you know, besides supporting judicial watch directly, one of the more important things you can be doing is if you find this information useful, share it. Comment. Because the more you do of that, the more widely it gets distributed. We're still on YouTube. We're not leaving YouTube unless we're pushed off. We're not leaving Facebook unless we're pushed off. We're not leaving Twitter unless we're pushed off. I've been locked out of Twitter. But Judicial Watch is still on Twitter. We're going to be everywhere. And we want you to be everywhere. They will lose, in the end, big tech censors if people just keep on putting the truth out. I quote George Washington. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes. We have it in our office, literally on, on the wall. The truth will prevail where there is pains taken to bring it to light. And he said is, not are, if that's the original quote. <laughs> so we need you to help with the heavy lifting and get the word out about this. The censors win if we don't get the word out So you know COVID has been a disaster for America. You know obviously there've been negative health consequences for those who have obtained who were who have been who got COVID and died from it, but that's not the big disaster. The big disaster has been the health effects of lockdowns in my view, the destruction of our liberties, the harm to our children, and the other changes to our country, which are deleterious. When the government has used COVID as a pretext to throw out the constitution in too many cases and undermine the rule of law, or uses it as an excuse to advance other policy objectives, as they did during the election season, where they use COVID as an excuse to change the rules on the elections in a way that undermines confidence in the elections, to put it charitably. In the case of Montgomery County, Maryland, which is, so if you think of, um, well, think of this as Washington, D.C. Um, and Montgomery County is like right up there. It's like the county up here. See? It's the bedroom county, Washington, D.C. on the northwest corner. It's a well-to-do county. It's a big county. Uh, so it has an outsized role in Maryland politics. And in the D.C. area generally because it's very influential. And, of course, it's run by the West. Which is which is fine. That's the, that's the way voters have, that's who voters have chosen up there. But we have challenged on behalf of taxpayers something illegal that they did, which is to use tax dollars to give cash payments to illegal aliens under the guise of COVID. So this was a sanctuary policy that they pushed through, thinking, oh, no one's going to object because it's COVID. We do whatever we want. Of course, Judicial Watch actually supports the rule of law. Our clients support the rule of law. And in Maryland, there's taxpayer standing that allows uh, taxpayers to challenge the expenditure of government money that is a violation of the law. So we filed the lawsuit. It was a $10 million program in cash benefits to illegal aliens. Now, you know, the, the, this, you may not know this and you may not like this, but these cash benefits can be given to illegal aliens in certain circumstances meaning if the state affirmatively provides for them. That wasn't the case in Maryland. Montgomery County did this on on its own, and the state of Maryland had not authorized it through its legislature as the federal law requires. So we challenged the legality of that Montgomery County program. Now, the lower court seemed initially interested in the case and You know, basically wanted more information from the county about what was going on. But uh, ultimately, it decided it didn't have jurisdiction. And so we've had to appeal it. And in our appeal, and I guess we pointed this out in the lower court. It's 8 U.S.C. code, 8 U.S.C., excuse me, I'm being redundant, 8 U.S. code. Section 1621, so you can look it up, 8 U.S.C. 1621. Google it now, or DuckDuckGo it now. In short, Section 1621 prohibits unlawfully present aliens from receiving state and local public benefits unless the state legislature affirmatively authorizes it. Even though Maryland's legislature had not affirmatively authorized it, Montgomery County, started providing cash payments to unlawfully present aliens. As part of its response to, COVID-19, to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Montgomery County Council approved uh, appropriated $10 million for an emergency assistance relief program, which provided cash payments to individuals or families, including unlawfully present aliens. and the aliens have to, A, live in Montgomery County, are not eligible for federal COVID assistance, stimulus, tax or, simu- stimulus checks for state benefits, and aren't eligible to receive unemployment benefits because they're not allowed to work, so they can't get unemployment benefits, and also have an income equal to or below 50% of the federal property level. So they were gonna distribute payments of $500 to single eligible, single adults, $1,000 to eligible families with a child with an additional $150 to families for each additional child up to a total of $1,450. So cash payments using tax dollars to people who are not supposed to be here, who are here in violation of the law, could be working here in violation of the law, committing all sorts of other crimes in violation of the law as a result of their unlawful status. You know, as I said, if they want to give cash payments to illegal aliens, there are ways to do it. But there are ways not to do it and follow the law. This is the big problem with immigration is that the left wants amnesty. A lot of people on the corporate right want amnesty. But they can't get it passed. So what they do is they don't follow the law. Which is so destructive to the fabric of our country having millions of people here in violation of the law because the federal government doesn't want to enforce the law. In the case of Joe Biden, he's completely blown up our immigration laws. It's the most significant attack on immigration law enforcement in modern American history. There's really no comparison. Even Obama was a piker, comparatively speaking, to what Biden's doing in terms of undermining the rule of law. And here, Montgomery County, a major county, powerful county, you've got this endorsement of violations of federal law. How is this not aiding and abetting violations of law, giving cash to someone who you know is not here legally? I mean, they have to affirm their illegal status in order to get the money. Now, we appealed it, and it's interesting, the Justice Department came in when they said judicial watch is right, uh the law is illegal, but judicial watch is wrong. State taxpayers can't sue state officials for spending money to violate federal law, which is just <laughs> ridiculous. Which is just ridiculous. So we're even fighting the Justice Department trying to enforce the rule of law, which is no surprise. So the hearings on Monday, it's a three-judge panel. Uh, you can actually, I think you can listen in, or uh, either during or after the fact. So you can, you know, I would encourage you to listen in if you can. They're interesting. I and mean, you may not understand everything that's going on. I'm not a lawyer. Some of it goes past me, too. So don't worry about it if you don't understand everything that's happening or the references to all the cases and what that means. Because remember, the judges come in, they will have read the briefs, or they're supposed to have read all the briefs. So everyone kind of knows what they're arguing about, and they're referencing material that you may not know about initially, but you'll you'll be able to figure out the argument. And our lawyers are pretty good at explaining it to the judges and for the public as well. So uh, Mike Kekeshi, I think, is uh, our senior attorney, is arguing for us on Monday. So wish him luck, pray for success, and with that, I will uh, let you get back to the rest of your weekend. Weekend, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch weekly update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org donate.